Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of His and Hers Movie Podcast. I am one half of your host, the veteran of podcasting, JP, podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania. And joining me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Carly, who always keeps a toothpick on hand, podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania. And it is March 19th here. That's a new thing I'm going to start doing. March 19th, 2020. Uh, because a lot can change in a week, and I think that it's interesting to document that. So, how are you doing tonight? You make it sound like we're going to be like hiding out in caves like in a few months. Like, oh, it's it's September now, guys, and we are in our underground bunker, and we don't know much how, how much more time we have. And that's that. But anyway, yes, yeah, so I'm doing I'm doing all right, I guess, you know, as good as I can be. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right, you know, just hanging in there. Um, so a couple of things. Did you catch my intro? Did, you didn't comment on that? I, I did a little laugh. I was like, you said about me having a toothpick. Yeah, do you know why? Um, no. Do you not remember that from the move? No. That's why I didn't want you to question it after the fact because oh, okay. I didn't want well, to look dumb. It has to do with it, it has to did, do with something being stuck in your teeth. Was it at the beginning of the move or kind of? Cuz I the thing about this move I'll say right off the bat is I watched the thir- first 30 minutes of said move last night and then I was tired and very sick last night so then I finished Don't the last Oh, you're sick, dude. <laughs> Sick from being hung over, sick, not from dying of any said viruses, sick. So um, I'm fine now. But um, yeah, I was pretty sick and nauseous last night. So I was like, I'm going to finish it today. So I watched a half hour last night and an hour today. So I feel like the beginning of the move might not be as clear to me as the rest of the movie. But that's okay because it's like that, the, you know, the hour after is when everything kind of goes down anyway. So, okay, well, I'll explain why that's funny a little bit later. Uh, but first of all, I just kind of want to say like, wow, man, the world, when did we record last? Tuesday, the 10th of March. Tuesday, the 10th of March. Yes. So yes, last Tuesday. So a week and two days, nine days. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. So, so much has happened since I think we recorded on the 10th by the 12th. It was like utter chaos. <laughs> yeah. Um, wasn't, it was like not even that it was cause uh, I just had a birthday two days ago and it was legit like two days before my birthday that the whole world was like, never mind, we're going to cancel all of life for, you know, 14 yeah, days at crazy. least. I remember being at work, on i think wednesday so like the day after we recorded and just like wow this has just gotten really real you know and then i'd probably say a day after that it got way more chaotic and it's just been a complete like crap show ever since then yeah the way like this could be Years from now, hopefully, you know, if things get better, uh, years from now, though, this will be like one of those memories. Like, I remember where I was when Michael Jackson died or 9-11 happened. It's like, I remember when the entire world shut down for like three months. 
Yeah, it's going to be in the history books, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it per- is crazy. pretty nuts, honestly. I, I, I think that... Um, I think I just got word today that my work might be shutting down. Um, so that's kind of crazy. Um, hopefully I could get some sort of financial assistance from the government. (laughs) Um, but honestly, like, I just wish everybody the safest and best. Hope nobody gets infected. And if you do, I wish you a speedy recovery. Hope you don't infect anybody else. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, a little bit taken back by the whole thing um just because it it still doesn't feel real like it feels like it's just gonna go over like in a week and everybody's gonna be like i remember when we were all stressed out that's what i hope happens still yeah but i don't know um but you know it started like it's weird because the things you care about at first are not the things you care about after a couple days go by like for me at first i was like oh are we gonna be able to see this move on you know in two days which by the way this episode was supposed to be the hunt um, but it is now VFW. We'll explain why a little bit later. But uh, so I was worried about that. And then when, you know, then I was worried, well, what about these conventions we have? And then I was worried, well, what about, you know, this other thing that we were going to do? And like that seemed important. And now I'm just like, where is there any food at the store? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm not going to like I'm I'm still kind of bummed about the convention stuff, but at the same time, it's better than something happened to me directly and I can't go to the convention. At least it like happened to everybody in the convention itself. Mm. It's just or all the conventions and all the events are pretty much just being moved away for now and you know, it'll all come back around, but it's like, you know, I look at it that way. It's better than oh, I've gotten super sick or something horrible has happened to me and I can't go to these fun things now. It's literally just an event that affects everybody in the world, which is also crazy in itself. It's not a lot of times when a major disaster or something happens, it affects like one country or one state or something, but this is legit the entire world and it's just really creepy because there's just no escape. Yeah, so it's like some places have it way worse than than we do or mm-hmm. you know even close to us um so it's nuts because seriously like i like so like it, it became like very real to me when all of a sudden the ncaa was saying that their march madness series was gonna be um shown to crowdless venues um and i was like wow that's crazy because that's like such a big thing and then you know hockey quickly followed and um all all these other sports and then then all of a sudden like the nhl postpones their season and i was like holy crap like that that's insane like i couldn't believe it and then the nba and then or you know whatever came first and like you don't really follow sports but like I could tell you right now, like these sports people, like will do whatever it takes to put on like these events because they're millions and millions of dollars. Um, and then they start pulling movies and theaters start shutting down. And I'm just like, wow, like the entertain- entertainment industry just fell off a cliff. Um, concerts, theaters, um, you know, sports. Like, what what is there to do right now except for watch the move? You know shut up no yeah i i know it's crazy and you know i feel uh lucky today that i work in healthcare, so i don't think my at least i don't think unless it gets super serious who knows but i don't think you know my doctor's office will be shutting down 
so I do get to stay in work. So I am grateful for that. It's just insane that everyone's just like suddenly doesn't have a job or they're working from home and it's nuts, very nuts. And like you said, there's no entertainments. My friend had tickets for wrestling that she spent like $300 on. And I was like on a Monday and I think we were hanging out on Saturday and it got canceled right then. And she was just flipping out about it. Cause it was just crazy. Mm. And then, like, uh, the school, I feel horrible for, like, all the schools around us, too. Like, not just the colleges, but the high schools. Like, people with their senior years. I just heard uh, this one school, not the one I went to, but one nearby. They shut down their pro- They're not going to have a prom this year. And oh, yeah. That, I, they're not going to get the graduate. When we stopped at Jackson Farms yesterday, um, the girls in there were talking about their prom being canceled and stuff. Yeah, like that would devastate, like as a teenager, when you have nothing else to really worry about, that would like be devastating to me to like not have prom or graduation or any of the end of the year events, especially for the college kids too. It's like, you know, they spend all these years in college and they meet these people from over the world to become their friends. And then all of a sudden they're being kicked out of their dorms and said like, oh, you're finishing school online. You're never going to see these people again. So it's just very uh, sad situation. Yeah, see, on. I don't know much about that stuff. Uh, well, I mean, that's great, dude. <laughs> it's for you. You're, well, you're telling me about sports that I don't care about. Uh, but I'm just saying, you're like, you're like, how devastating it would be to not go to graduation and uh, prom oh. <laughs> and all this stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> you're like, I dropped out in eighth grade. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, uh, I. I'm I'm a little you know concerned. I was used. To, I I thought this stuff was funny, not really funny, but I I like thought it was a joke. Um, like at first, you know, like when it was, you know, that people were like talking about it coming here and and being like bad and stuff. I was like, yeah, just like all the other. I think every I think the world was kind of looking at it like that. Oh yeah, just like all the other viruses that didn't really affect us, like Ebola and stuff. I mean, it affected people, but didn't really affect like us. Mm. Um, but you know, uh, I think that we'll make it through. I uh, hope life returns to normal and the consequences aren't that deep. Um, but you know, we we've had it rough before. Like, I, I, I mean, I remember like things getting really expensive during the new millennium and then also after 9-11 and we were like rationing and stuff for like the military like a lot of people forget about that but that was pretty crazy too i mean i don't really know about a lot of stuff to be honest because this is the first time i've been like an adult and having this stuff go on you figure most of the things that bat like even the freaking swine flu or whatever that came around 2009. I was in like sixth grade, so I didn't care about that. That was kind of a big deal. Not obviously not as big as this, but, um, and then nine 11, I was four years old when that happened. So to me, that was, I don't even remember nine 11 if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Like at I all. remember like gas getting really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like, you know, uh, like for some reason I remember like having like shortages of water, like bottled water and like, um, certain like products were like, like we needed to like save for like the military. And like, I remember recycling being like a big thing. Like, Hey, we need you guys to do, I don't remember really that much, but I remember it being, it feeling different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, 
you know, I, 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 it's interesting literally how much a week and two days can change. Like we weren't even talking about this last week, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't even remember last week what it was like. Doesn't it feel like we recorded like a month ago? Yeah, it does. So much has changed. So anyway, besides that devastatingly horrible news to start the show, uh, then after that, we had two holidays in between the last time we recorded. Three, kind of. We had two? Yeah. Oh, you're going to make me look. Oh, yeah, you're right. We had St. Patrick's Day and Friday the 13th. As well as Carly's birthday. Yeah, I'm a holiday. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my uh, birthday is on St. Patrick's Day, so they go hand in hand. But uh, yeah, that was um, actually fun on Friday the 13th. You know, I uh, got on Skype with some of the people who like to Skype in the community and um, ended up being on there till like 5 a.m. Uh, you know, they do it more often than I do. But that's the second time I've jumped on there on Friday the 13th. And that's become I enjoy doing that because it makes Friday the 13th seem like a bigger like it actually makes it feel like a holiday it's like you wake up on saturday and you're like oh it's the 14th and um i watched like six of the movie well i i watched technically like three of them and then i just put on like three other ones in the background of the or, you know the first eight friday the 13th movie so that was fun and exciting and uh you stopped over for a grip so that was pretty cool yeah, gave me some I, birth I, presents i stopped over just for a little bit of uh hanging out and um, we, um, you know, gave you birthday presents and stuff like that. And then, um, I hopped on Skype for a moment and then I went home and I watched, um, Friday the 13th, um, part one on Monster Vision. So the old Monster Vision run, I caught that, I wa- I found it on the internet and watched it and then. Mm. I spent the rest of the night watching Darcy and Joe Bob talk about Friday the 13th part four on YouTube, which was pretty fun as well. Um, so yeah, there was uh, like, I, I always end up working on both of these holidays. It's funny enough, uh, because I, I always actually compare these two holidays together because I actually always do the same thing usually with these two holidays. So with Leprechaun, I watch leprechaun one and leprechaun two and maybe leprechaun three and then the next year i'll pick up where i left off part four or five you know back to the hood i always skip origins but maybe i'll throw it in next time and then the newest one and i I was kind of i kept that cycle going for a little bit but i couldn't remember what i did last time because i think i threw it off by watching the the newest one Mm. but so i just was like you know i'll just start from the beginning again and I do the same thing with Friday the 13th. I, I ended last Friday, the last Friday, th- which we always have more Friday the 13th than we do St. Patrick's Day. There's only one. Um, but I always do that with Friday the 13th, too, where I'll, um, you know, s- pick up where I left off. But the last one that I watched was Jason Takes Manhattan. And then the next one would have been part nine. Um, but... I don't know. For whatever reason, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start over again. Even though you know me, I like part nine a lot. Well, um, you did just watch it. That too. Maybe that had to do with it. We just saw it last summer in the, in the drive-in less than a year ago. Mm. 
Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start from the beginning again and I watched part one, but then I watched part four. So now I'm like, am I, how, what's going on here? <laughs> so yeah, maybe see. I'll go back and fill in part two and three next time. I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to do that too for a while where I just went in order, but I know me, I really just don't like part nine and part 10. And uh, I just know once I got to that point, I would probably give up and start at the beginning again instead. But I usually put them all in a randomizer and randomize in which if they land on part nine or part 10, I usually, you know, cough and accidentally hit the randomizer again. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, it'll land on a good one. So that's how I, you know, do things. I don't think it's cheating. But uh yeah, Friday the 13th. I, I I look forward to Friday the 13th happening because it gives me an excuse to rewatch those and it makes me kind of miss being a kid and just rewatching the same old slasher movies over and over again. Yeah, well, hell, I had like major nostalgia on this last one. I'll explain when we go into what we watched, but um, I agree with you. I, you know what's funny is I don't do it with any other series. Like mm-hmm. um, Halloween, I don't watch, like I watched that. I don't watch them. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Yeah, I used to, but I don't really do it too much anymore. I always try to squeeze in the original at some point, maybe Halloween two, maybe Halloween three, but that's kind of it. I think I watched H2O last time. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really do that with the Halloween films. I, I th- it's more so that I'm just one. It's a couple things. One, I'm not a huge fan of that franchise. Like it, I don't have nostalgia for it really. Mm-hmm. And then two, I don't really care for, you know, some of the later films like that much at all. And then three, I'm always so busy in October that I literally just don't have time to add anything else to the watching stacks. Um, but uh, I th- uh, like even Jaws, like I don't watch the Jaws films in the summer. You know what I do usually do is watch. I know what you did last summer one and two, though. Yeah. Last couple of years, I've done that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to watch the Halloweens, especially because, you know, around Halloween, they put them, they marathon them usually on AMC. It's not, you know, it's just the ones that they have the rights to or whatever. So it would always skip like part two or something like that and like H2O. But um, so I would do that. But uh, in recent years, I don't, I'm not, I'm just not as into it anymore. I had a lot of nostalgia for Halloween, but I'm starting to find that I, ugh, I don't like them as much as I used to. Like, I can kind of see what people mean. They're not that great. But I do have the nostalgia. But I think Friday the 13th has become, like, my new favorite. But, uh, yeah, Leprechaun, I don't care about that at all, though. So I don't I don't be watching those on St. Patrick's Day. Dude, that's ridiculous. I don't know, dude. I just can't. I don't, uh, they're just too goofy. But, uh, you know. Uh, then, you know, on Sat, that's when... Or not Sat. When was... St. Pat, what the freak? Where, I'm all confused because I took like Tuesday. two days off of work. Tuesday, that was my birthday, and uh, since you can't do anything, because my original plan was to go out to the bar with some friends that night, and like I said, it was like the day prior to that, they were like, all bars are now banned. <laughs> so um, I just hurried up and ran up to, you know, Sheets, which is a gas station that sells beer, and I grabbed some alcohol, invited my friends over, and you came over too, and uh, it was a fun night. It, I was happy with it, so I'm fine with that. We just drank and watched some movies, and, you know, that that is cool with me. So uh, my birthday was not too shabby. I was worried 
it would be a disaster. This also, like, I feel bad for people who are turning, like, 21 this year, because I saw a few people with, like, 21st birthdays in March, and it was supposed to be their big birthday, and now it's going to be, like, they can't do anything, but... Oh, get over yourself. I never once had it felt like I had to prove something on my birthday. I didn't say you have to prove it. It's just like a fun thing. Like you wait, you're like 21 is one of those huge birthdays where you're like, oh man, I can't wait to go to the bar for the first time and like be able to legally buy the alcohols and everyone will buy me shots and blah, blah, blah. And now you just can't because, you, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying this. I don't know. Yeah, but I anyway. Really do much on my, I mean, I, it was never that big of a deal for me. Well, yeah, because you were like drinking at age 13. You already had that experience. <laughs> uh yeah, and technically I drank in bars before I was 21, too. I was going to say that. That's why I said legally drink in the bars. Mm-hmm. But Anyway, um, so yeah, that was our week's kind of, you know, happy birthday to you. Thanks. Um, I, 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 I enjoyed what things we did do, but, you know, <laughs> we had other plans. Like, we were going to go see a double feature of uh, Bloodshot and The Hunt. And then we were going to talk about them on this show as well as we had today, actually, a double feature of some Vinegar Syndrome titles at this theater that we kind of learned about. There was like an hour in some way. We we're going to go to that. We were also a quiet place. Wasn't that supposed to be? This Friday. Yeah. This, yeah. So that was also going to be a double feature because they were going to play part one and part two. So yeah, that was yesterday. Of- yeah, a lot of double feature uh, misses, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, what can you do? We'll get them eventually. And hopefully things will, you know, the theaters will all open back up and everything will be Well, fine the hunt is, you, we're able to watch the hunt tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. March 20th on VOD. So maybe that'll be our next episode. Not 100% sure. Yeah. Might just be a week delayed on that. Um, but, I mean, we're relatively... How many weeks are we into this year, you know? Um, one, two, three, four, five, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We're on week twelve. If you but you know, the first week was like three days, so mm. we're keeping up with the shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are. We have yeah, we haven't missed one. Mm-hmm. Well, so, we had one late one, but you know, yeah. we still did it. Um anyway. Uh, why don't we, why watch don't we, what's that? Watch the move. Why don't we talk about what we watched? The move. Okay. Um, who shall go first? Um, you shall go first. Shall I? Mm-hmm. What did I watch last time? Okay. Let me pull up my list and we will go from there. All right. So, uh, here's where I left off. Watched a good bit of stuff actually. Um, so, uh, first up, I watched a movie, actually an 85 movie that I hadn't watched um, or really even heard of, and it is called Blackouts. Um, it was like a made-for-TV psychological horror thriller film, and essentially it's about uh, this guy. It opens up with um, this neighbor goes over to this family's house and finds that the wife and her kids have been murdered and the husband is nowhere to be found 
So it is believed that the husband murdered them and then ran off. And then you kind of cut to this other scene where you have uh, these two guys driving around, driving about and you assume one of them is the husband. But they are in a major car wreck. One of them dies and the other one gets horrible amnesia. And they're like in this completely different town. So um, the one with the amnesia wakes up in the hospital. And of course, he doesn't remember anything, not even his name. But uh you know, the doctors kind of say, like, hey, the one guy passed away, so there's, like, a 50-50 chance that your name is this. I forget what is what they say, but, um, so, you know, he kind of rules with it, starts this new life, and uh, gets involved with a nurse who uh, actually was taking care of him in the hospital, and he ends up, you know, marrying into her family. She already has two kids from a previous relationship, and um, he's just, you know, a nice guy, but then uh, this detective dude from the town he lived in uh, gets word of him being in this other town. And he's like, I think that's the guy who, you know, killed his whole family. So he goes over there and he's trying to, you know, investigate and prove this. And the guy's like, there's no way I did that. You know, I, you know, I'm a good person. And, you know, his wife is even like, there's no way he's such a good person. He couldn't have done that even if it wasn't his past life. So it's kind of like you're, you know, a mystery where you're trying to see like, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? And it was the other guy who was killed or is he the guy and he's like all turned around or is he going to snap again? And, uh, that's the basis of that story. I actually really dug it. Um, you know, I didn't watch it on the best quality, but, um, it was pretty good. You know, it had the TV movie vibes for sure. Um, pretty tame for the most part. Uh, definitely more thriller up until like the ending. I would say it, it tapers into more hor horrific things. And of course, the beginning where you see the mom and her kids murdered. But um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's one of those uh, little, I guess, gems you can say that I was glad I got to check out. And um, I recommend you watch it as well, JP. Yeah, it's on it's on my list. Cool. But yeah, that was a cool one. Uh always fun to find one that I'm actually into. Um then after that, uh, I actually watched The Conjuring. I haven't revisited that one in several years and uh yeah, that's a really good movie. It still holds up pretty well. Um the only thing I never really liked about it was the ending part where you kind of get into the ex more exorcisty stuff going on. I think it gets super just over the top and unrealistic and it kind of takes away from the scare factor. But there's a lot of moments in this film that are really creepy and just uh, give me goosebumps, you know, the chills throughout it. There was one jump scare part that made me jump and uh, the jump scares in it are all done pretty effectively where it's not too in your face or obnoxious. It's just the kind that come out of nowhere and actually are pretty creepy and um just you know the stuff with the warrens is really eerie as well um uh just the whole movie i mean the characters are super likable too the daughters you feel bad for them you feel bad for the whole family so uh conjuring that is a good one uh, i'm glad it's still held up i had like i said i hadn't watched that since high school so um was happy to revisit it um then after that another 85 movie i decided to just throw on the one night uh i had already watched it but i wasn't in the mood for anything too serious and, th and that was once bitten um you know jim carrey i believe you talked about this one on a previous episode on here as yeah. well but v like <clears throat> if i could describe that movie in one word it would be like hella cheesy yeah did you notice the guy who comes up to their car is the guy from friday part five with the chocolate bar the guy who molested Corey. Yes, <laughs> I guess, yes, that guy. 
he like comes up to their car at the beginning of the movie, Jim Carrey, and he's like, "Do you guys have any?" It was some sort allegedly. of food. Yeah, allegedly. Um, but I don't know. I just noticed that this time around. But anyway, um, yeah, one's bitten. Honestly, yeah, it's okay. It's it's obviously a horror comedy, more of a comedy than anything. Teen comedy. Um, I don't like it that much though. Like it's the comedy aspects don't really work for me much like, you know, Transylvania six, 5,000 or whatever. Um, it just didn't, doesn't really make me laugh or anything like that, but it's one of those ones that's, you can't, it's not to be taken seriously, obviously, since it is a comedy. So it's not horrible, but not really my cup of tea. Not one I would really ever want to watch again. Um, then after that, uh, that's when we got into the Friday movies and uh, watched Friday the 13th Part 2 up first. Uh, great movie, one of my favorites for sure. Um, that one and Part 1 go back to back on being my favorite Friday film, honestly. Um, just uh, Part 2, I think it's got a lot of creepy moments with Jason. I like Sackhead Jason and I think he's uh, very scary um, and just menacing. Um the characters in that are some of the most likable and fun, and that one just, in general, is, like, the f one of those fun ones, like the part where they all go to the bar. I always love seeing that stuff in these 80s movies. It makes me wish I lived in the 80s and just could, like, hang out with everyone and drink, and that's kind of how you occupied your time. And, uh, you know, everyone just seems like they could be best friends and get along in this film. So, um, Friday 2, I love that one. Good one. Um, then after that, I watched Friday Part 4, Friday the 13th 4. Um, this is the one I always find to be a little bit overrated. Because, uh, for some, it's just forgettable to me. I don't know why. I love Part 1, 2, 3, and 5 the most, I would say. And then this one is the one that I would always watch the least, even when I was a kid. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's good. Uh, the characters are cool and everything. I just... For some reason, I don't get into it as much. I feel like, like I just feel like the characters aren't as fun and relatable and memorable. Which I guess one? part four. Dude, get the f what? Okay, that's I get crazy. it, dude. He's like, oh, I'm a dead f or whatever. Like, yeah, that's hilarious. I just, I don't know, dude. I don't like. I like it. It's a good movie. It's just not out of the ones that I like. It's not the one that I would grab the most. So. You tell me, you didn't relate to Corey Feldman. I feel like, gotta <laughs> be honest. Um, when I watch a movie with Corey Feldman in, on now, um, since we went to that convention that he was at, I kind of have like a distaste for him because I yeah, got like a bad kid. vibe. Look, it's, it's different know. when he's a kid, though. I know, dude, but I just, like, I look at him and I'm like, you're gonna grow up to be kind of full of yourself, bro. But, um, no, I'm, that's not, like, a huge thing, but, uh, yeah, Friday 4, I don't know what it is, it's just not one of my favorites for whatever reason, but what can you do? And then after that, I watched Friday the 13th Part 8. Growing up, this one, this is one of those nostalgic ones for me, where growing up, um, even when I was a kid, I knew it was kind of dumb. Um, obviously, just the fact that it's Jason Takes Manhattan, that says a lot. It just sounds like it would be getting dumb. But um, I still watch just as much as all the other ones. Uh, now I do find it, like, it's really not a good movie. Um, main girl, and it's not that good. The Just a lot of cheesiness in it, a lot of stupid. But I hate the moments where you see Jason as a little boy coming out of the water and yeah, that's, the mirror. Yeah, that's the worst. It's awful, like, and it just looks like a regular kid. It looks nothing like, oh my god, it's just horrible. But the look of Jason is awful when his mask, like, everything 
It's a pretty awful movie, honestly, but I'm nostalgic for it. It's one of those I don't think it's awful. I really don't. The the storyline is dumb. But, like, what's so bad about, like, the kills and the, the, like, set pieces and stuff? Yeah, I guess, like, I guess that's why it's, like, bearable for me is because I do... It's another Jason movie. It's no Jason Goes to Hell. I'll give you that much. And it is grounded in reality. It's no Jason Goes to Space. I'll give you that much. So, um, that's kind of why... I've always liked it, but um, I do like the kills in it as well. So it, it's one of those nostalgic ones for me, but I don't think it's super great either. So there's that. Then after that, I watched a few Omen Johns. Um, yeah, the Omen, original we, we Omen. We were supposed to do the Omen films this week on 22 Shots, but it got canceled. So Carly uh, was supposed to guest on that. So she is extra prepared for when we do it and whenever. You guys are still going to do it? Yeah, we have to. It's a Patreon show. But it's not going to... Are you going to, like, put it off for a while and then reschedule it? Like, are you going to do other shows first, probably? I I don't know. Our, our our schedule... Until this virus thing calms down, we're basically 22 shots is on hold. Oh, uh, okay. I did not know. Yeah. But, um... Alright, well, yeah. Uh, I'll just talk briefly about the Omens, because, um... You know... We should be doing them on the show eventually, but uh, yeah, the Omen, the first Omen. Uh, hadn't watched this one in a long time. I watch, I think I watched this all the way through when I was a kid. I thought I'd seen it multiple times, but watching it this time, there were scenes I straight up did not remember at all. So it gets me thinking that I might have never actually sat down and watched the whole thing all the way through. But um, you know, there's a lot of scenes that are super memorable too. But yeah, man, The Omen is actually a really good movie. I always kind of remembered it as being, like, slow and boring for some reason, but uh, it does get a little bit draggy towards the end when they're trying to, like, kind of uncover what's all going on, kind of like the dad is left to uncover all this with that other guy. But um, even then, though, I'm interested in it. I'm, like, intrigued with what they're doing. There's a lot of super creepy moments in the movie. Uh, the music is really creepy. I think Damien... Is pretty creepy. Um, you don't really get a lot with Damien. It's more like the adults kind of just, you know, thinking like there's some evil going on here. But um, I think he's just like, there's something about him that's super unsettling. Um, there's just a lot of unsettling scenes in the movie. And another one of those ones where I was just getting chills throughout the whole thing. So I really grew to uh, love and enjoy this one. So it was actually cool to rewatch it. I just picked it up on VHS actually recently. So that gave me a reason to finally go ahead and revisit it so um i enjoyed that uh then after that i actually skipped to the omen part four uh mainly because i didn't own part two and i know part two and part three at least i think are direct continuations to part one and i knew that part four was not it's a tv Uh, they try to connect it a little bit but not really um and that's just like a tv movie it's essentially like a remake with a girl so figured i would just skip to that one since i knew i didn't have to uh watch the other ones really to watch it but yeah part four i saw this one on tv as a kid as well and i had always thought like i enjoyed it but upon rewatch it's really not that good of a movie at all like i said it's like a bad remake with a little girl and just minus all the atmosphere and scariness uh the music in it is almost like silly at times and not fitting like it's i I can't really describe it that well but uh it's just not that good. The little girl just kind of annoys me. Her face is annoying. She's trying like too hard to be evil. It feels like, um, reminds me of the girl from case 39. I forget what that girl's Jodell something, but she kind of looks a lot like her, 
but uh yeah not not that good of a movie like i said it is a tv movie though so it's not the worst thing in the world but uh uh you know just not the greatest um then after that uh not even finally i have one after that too but uh the omen remake i watched um pretty horrible uh it's pretty much like a psycho 98 type of deal where not only is it like a scene by scene remake but a lot of the dialogue is almost exactly the same especially watching it right after seeing the original it's just and it's got leave schreiber in it who i think is just i don't like him that much at all cotton weary yeah that guy um it's him and julia styles like you pick the most blandest people in the world that you could find. And then they have Mia Farrow play- playing uh, the creepy nanny who con- who takes over. So that was kind of just very weird casting. Um, but yeah, it's not that I had never seen the remake before. So I was always curious on it. I didn't realize it was one of those nothing. This is what when people say like, oh, remakes are unnecessary. I don't agree unless it's this type of remake where you're just completely redoing the whole movie almost shot for shot just with worse acting. So, not a fan. And then finally, after that, I watched Annabelle again. Um, just you know, the revisited first one. Yes, because it's in my collection for the YouTube thing I do. So I've been trying to watch those and pre-record those. Um, but yeah, the first Annabelle. Um, uh, you know, it was horrible when I saw it in a theater. I rewatched it again later on, and also thought it was pretty horrible. Upon this watch, I kind of came around on it a little bit more. I'm like, eh, it's not that bad. You know, at the start. I feel like the whole build-up part isn't that bad when you're kind of dealing with the family and they get the doll and, you know, they have a baby and all that. And uh, just kind of the character development isn't too bad. It's when they start getting into the quote-unquote scary moments that it gets a little bit cringe and just very generic, fake, ghostly movie that's not really atmospheric. It's just, like, jump scares and uh, not even good jump scares, just bad, like, CG type of scares and just super not realistic or atmospheric at all. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely not that good. Probably the weakest uh, in the whole Conjuring universe. Besides Even weaker La- than Curse of La Llorona. I was just going to say, except for La Llorona, because I forgot about that one. That barely even counts. They just do a very minuscule tie-in with that. But Oh, no, yeah. it counts. Bear, it, it's hanging on. It's like hanging on by a flashback that happens in the move. So essentially, counts. all right, it counts, dude. I'm just saying they tried too hard to just mark marketed like that. But anyway, that is all I've watched. That was finally. like the coolest part of the move. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, that's all I watched finally. So I will give the mic to you. Okay, I watched 14 things since we last recorded. Oh God. How, How many, many did, did you I watch? watch? I don't know. Hold on. That was like a, that seemed like a lot. Ten, One, I'd two, say. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, exactly ten. Mm-hmm. I watched oh, four more than you. Jeez, that's crazy. I beat you. That's we great. should keep a tally. I shall. Yeah. I shall. <laughs> no, I shall. All right. All right. So, just, you know. <laughs> first up is I gotta scroll down through this. Oh. Um. Okay, first thing I watched was Martyrs 2016. These are these are films that I'll be brief on because I they are most of these are Patreon films for 22 shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but Martyrs 2016, uh, I was watching it and I was like, yeah, dude, this is literally like you just said with the um, Omen remake. It's literally just the same movie. Like most of the dialogues like similar. They change up the third act a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just feels like the same movie, but lesser quality. It doesn't feel as impactful. It doesn't feel as important. It doesn't feel as deep. It's just missing all the stuff that made the original Martyrs so classic. And, you know, I was bored with it, you know, 20, 30 minutes in because I'm just like, it, it's the same thing, but lesser. It's like pointless. You know what I mean? And um, I went to go log it on my letterbox and I was like, like, cause I even said in my, when I posted like Justin is watching martyrs, you know, on Facebook, um, I said, I've been avoiding this one and I go to log it in my Patreon and I logged it back in 20, like 16 or 17. <laughs> so, and I went back and double checked my sources, like my notes and stuff. And I did watch it before I watched it when it came out for prep that year. Uh-huh. I literally completely forgot that I had seen it. Like That's cr- completely did not know that I had seen this before. That is how forgettable Martyrs is. Yeah. Cause I actually remember when that came out and you telling me about it. Cause I actually saw that remake too. And I remember being at Walmart and just picking it up. So when you said you never seen it, I was a little confused. Cause I thought for sure you would have had to have seen it since you were telling me like about it. I thought you did, but I, that's crazy that it's, it is that forgettable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I gave that one like some trash, like five out of ten or something. It, it maybe four. I don't know. Again, it it has such good material that it's working with that it. it's like, you know, there's certain things about it. Like the story is a good story. So, mm. <laughs> but uh, after that, I watched um, My Truth: The Rape of the Two Corys. Which I spent like three hours trying to watch this when it was live streaming for 20 bucks. And it just was like never letting me buy it. The streams went down. I was like following it all night. I was talking to Kyle who was trying to watch it. Um, and it was just like a nightmare. Um, the, apparently the website that was hosting it was hacked. This is a documentary um, by Corey Feldman that is uh, revealing the story of his molestation and Corey Ham's rape. Um, during their childhood in Hollywood and it was a documentary made and it was going to stream two times, uh, once on like last Tuesday, not this one that just passed the one before. And then again on like Wednesday or something like that. I don't really remember, but I tried to watch it and I couldn't get in. Eventually it did come through and it was on YouTube. So I watched it on YouTube, um, watched the whole thing. And I will say, uh, I've been following this story since I read Corey Feldman's book when it came out um, because he talks uh, extensively about being molested and being taken advantage of in that book, as well as Corey Haim being raped and things like that in that book. Uh, And then he's had interviews. Um, There was actually a thing where it showed um, like a couple years ago that he actually, when he was younger, went and reported the, these crimes to the police and they never did anything about it. These tapes uh, from years and years and years ago came out where he was actually reporting it and like saying names on the tapes and stuff like that. So he did try to report it once. Um, but it like, you know, to, uh, to kind of say, I think it's kind of out there now, but there's um, a few people who uh, were involved in this sort of, alleged rape of uh so Corey feldman um was molested 
more than raped, if you want to call it that. Um, he was like sleeping and like his like manager would like basically give him oral sex and stuff like that. It's pretty gross as a teenager. And, um, you know, it was, it was really creepy, um, how he describes it and stuff like that. And then, um, there's like a couple other people, like I mentioned that Dominic dude from, um, Friday five, uh, apparently that was consensual. Um, but, uh, Haim was still a minor and that went on for years into his adulthood. Why would that ever be consensual? What? Right. You're talking about that weird, the, the talk up our guy from. Yeah. And he, why would he want? Oh, um, because he, uh, apparently like, you know, and, and they, they hint at the fact that since Haim was like molested and raped and stuff that it turned, you know how you see that sometimes where like people who are sexually abused turn into like sexual deviants in their, uh, adulthood. Yeah. I think that's what they are kind of getting at that Corey Haim was like, um, sort of, you know, it made him into like this sort of sex addict, like freak type dude. Mm. Um, so he was just down to, you know, and he was told that too, like Corey Feldman talks about this in the book too, but the first time that he ever hung out with Corey Haim, Corey Haim was like, Hey, do you like want to mess around? And he starts like pulling out his like penis and he's like yo what are you doing he's like he's like do you want to mess around or whatever and he's like dude i'm not gay and he's like i'm not gay either and he says that like all all dudes do it in it's like the boys club or something in hollywood and it's just like it just it makes you feel like so cringed out that like this was going on you know and Mm -hmm. it made me honestly like i know we just had that horrible experience with Corey feldman but this doc really did make me feel again like that he's kind of misunderstood a little bit and and uh i just i, I don't know I'm, I'm kind of on his side again um and i that book the, the big thing was the book that i read years ago i just it's one of the most powerful books that i've ever read and uh they named the the main guy who raped Corey Haim when he was 13 allegedly um and honestly dude like I'm not one. I'm a very skeptical person at heart at mm-hmm. my nature. It's, it's skepticism usually. Um, but I, I'm pretty much like 80% on board that that probably did happen just based on the information presented and what I know about the person. Yeah. Um, afterwards it's disgusting. It's horrible. Like if it happened, how it was told to happen, it's just, I, I, there's too many people that I, I know that a lot of people are like Corey Feldman, just making up stuff so that, you know, his, uh, whatever, um, you know, to stay relevant, but it's like other people in this documentary are corroborating that story. who have little to gain like Corey Haim's wife and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like too, too on point to not be true, but it was a very good documentary. Um, I didn't, I already knew everybody that they named. So, um, nothing there. I didn't, but some people didn't know. So it's like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was that. 
cool. Good. Sounds interesting. Pretty good. Pretty good doc. Um, I've been following that story for seven or eight years, like six or seven years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I watched my 85th movie of the year, which was Godzilla 1985 or Godzilla 1984, depending on where you're from. Uh, which can I have that VHS, by the way? I figured I was never going to see that again, so yes. Okay. You're welcome. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godzilla 1985. I actually really like this Godzilla. It seemed like it was darker again. Uh, the ending was actually kind of um, emotional, oddly enough. Uh, I dug it. Yeah, actually, um, at first I thought, oh, this is going to be stupid. And then I actually ended up digging it as well. It was, it, It's scary. I think Godzilla is a scary mother effer. I think his face looks really stupid when you see him up close. But from mm-hmm. far away, when he's destroying the whole you know, city, it's actually pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um, after that... I watched uh, Psychos in Love. Um, this is from 1987, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a comedy. Uh, comedy horror. It was a Patreon film. Uh, basically, it follows this guy who's a serial killer and he stalks and kills people. Uh, and he meets a woman who is also a serial killer and she stalks and kills people. And then they kind of have a relationship together. Um, pure comedy. Um, it's like satirical type comedy too, a little bit. Um, I'm at, I was actually like surprised. I always, it's always weird to me when these films, like these satires exist like so early. Cause I always just feel like that type of comedy didn't really exist, but it, it really has. If you look at it, it existed in the fifties and sixties. Hell, even the universal monsters films had this satires later in the, with the mm-hmm. Abbott and, Abba and Costello stuff. So, but I was just, I never expected to, be part of that era so it's it's just always like weirds me out but um it was fun and funny and kind of cool i feel like it overstays its welcome a little bit too much like after a while i'm like okay the joke's kind of gotten old a little bit um they're just doing the same joke in extended formats after a while but there was this one joke that was pretty funny where they hate grapes and then it um it's funny because like like they both hate grapes and they go into these rants about them that's when they first meet each other because they realize they both hate grapes so much. But they're like, I hate grapes. I hate green grapes. I hate red grapes. I hate grape grapes or purple grapes. You know, I hate <laughs> peeled grapes. I hate unpeeled grapes. I hate, you know, sliced in half grapes. I hate skinless grapes. I hate skin on grapes. I hate seedless grapes. I hate seeds in grapes. Like, and they just keep going. And then at the end, like the woman's all like, what do you want to eat? And he's like, well, let's go get some raisin bran. And she's like, you know that like raisins are just dried up grapes right and he's like no and he's like what are you gonna tell me next that prunes are dried up plums and it was funny (laughs) yeah but that it it's it was i I liked it it wasn't great yeah Um, i mean it was good it was good uh then i watched another patreon pick and my god my god night of horror 1981 this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Dude, I put it off for months. I've had this pick for months, like three, four months. Since like November or something. I finally decided to watch it. Because every time I would start it, it looked like ass. Like the v- It was VHS quality <laughs> on YouTube. And I'm just like... Ugh. And the first like 15 minutes is like two dudes in a bar like talking about nonsense. And... um. 
basically uh the movie consists of a extended sequence of dudes talking in a bar um and then an extended sequence of driving and then an extended sequence of a woman reading an Edgar Allan Poe poem in full and then an extended sequence of driving and then um an extended sequence of talking and then an extended sequence of them talking to a ghost that you can't see uh and then an extended sequence of uh i don't know maybe stock footage of of reenactments of the civil war and then extended sequence of them talking to civil war ghosts again and then the end is this a long movie or is no, it just cool? it's not long it's just painfully boring it's horrible point five think... out of ten now do you think a vin sin upgrade no would help? No, this is hot garbage, dude. I know you love your Vin Sin As upgrades. your mom said, hot fucking garbage. Sm- laughy face, laughy face, sideways laughy face, laughy face, sideways laughy face. What? What? What are you saying? <laughs> I was saying, as your mom said, hot fucking what? garbage. My mom didn't say that. Yes, she did. When? <laughs> when I said it. Oh, no. I don't want... Oh. Dude, I'm I'm deleting her Facebook. <laughs> What do you mean? Did you um, not see that comment? No, was it on the Leprechaun one? No, click or, on my page. I'm on your page. Scroll down to movie number 87. God. So you watch this. Stop posting all your movies. No one cares. Yeah, people. Your mom cares. All right, you said another Patreon watch. This looks like hot effing garbage. Who gave me this shit? <laughs> and my mom said, ah. <laughs> Dude, like, she thinks you're friends, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't mean for this to happen. Like, she just thinks she's cool or something. She thinks she talks to JPIC. <laughs> she does. Nobody. All right, um, go along with your next pick. Dude, that okay. movie was so bad, man. It sucked. <laughs> it was, like, boring. I'm actually... I read a... Uh, what, I think an IMDb review that, like, just absolutely was perfect for the movie and i might actually read that review on my uh review on 22 shots because like i was just like dude i don't even know how to say anything about this movie um so then uh i watched by the way so so far i've watched nothing in my collection that was sealed (laughs) and that that continues because i watched friday the 13th and i watched it online um, so on Vimeo, they ha- somebody uploaded the first three parts of the 1998 Halloween Friday 13th Joe Bob Briggs TNT Monster Vision Marathon, um, which I am so nostalgic for. So um, in 1998, I was already an avid horror watcher uh, at seven years old. And I loved, loved, loved Monster Vision on Saturdays. I watched it every Saturday religiously. It was, like, my thing. Sometimes it wasn't even horror movies, but I watched it anyway. Like, that's why I first seen, like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Really? Yep. Um, That's why I first seen, um, I want to say, Back to the Future. They played the Monster Fish? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Sometimes they just would. Um, they played other stuff that wasn't horror movies all the time. Like, uh, they played Surviving the Game with Ice-T. First time I've seen that. Um, 
there was there was a, quite a few movies. Uh, Mad Max, first time I seen Mad Max, um, Beyond Thunderdome and Mad Road Warrior. Uh, but a lot of first times I seen like Phantasm two, and first time I seen um, Children, uh, not Children of the Corn. Um, was that other one? Uh, a lot of a lot of movies. First time I seen a lot of movies. Um, but yeah, so that was uh really fun to revisit because it, it taped the whole se- Joe Bob segments and um. That episode was particularly fun because he kept talking crap on, like, the the production and stuff of mm. Monster Vision. It was, like, a really fun thing to watch. Uh, but I remember 1998, I remember them advertising for it, like, join us on Monster Vision for the Friday the 13th marathon and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, I can't wait. And um, I want to say, now I'm not sure, but I'm going to look into this. I want to say that in 1998, I'm going to look back, mm-hmm. that 1998 was a Halloween was on a weekend. It was. Halloween Sheer night. Halloween what, fell on the weekend. What? Go on. Uh, yeah. Halloween night was Saturday, October 31st, 1998. And I was... I my what you know where I live right at the top on the left, yeah. Well, when you first come up the hill before that first house on the left, there used mm-hmm. to be a trailer there, and that was where my grandparent, my great grandparents live, Papa and Aunt Sis. Um, and they, my my regular grandparents who raised me, um, during this time, they were going out, um, to like the bar, so I stayed the night there and i went Were your grandparents and... same chop top and like um um i don't know what's another messed up name bunny or something no why i don't know just like i don't understand why your great grandma's name was aunt so aunt sis. That's, that's your great grandmother name was allison i just feel like i just feel like you guys sound like the tcm family sometimes <laughs> Um, and, uh, my papa, Giz, as he was called <laughs> by the rest of the fam. What was his real name? Um, Gaylord. Oh, okay. Well. But everybody called him Dan. Or, or, Giz. Or, or Giz or Gizzard. Just because it started with a G and Gaylord also starts with a G. And that no, just kinda... I don't know why. It just kind of fit. It was, it, they'd be like, hey, Giz. I remember always hearing him say that. Uh-huh. No one in my family. We all just... I'm Carly. Hi. Yeah, right. Your name's Tree or something. It's grassy. Shut up. <laughs> that's just a Nick. That's just a grandparents thing. That's all. Yeah. Tree. Yeah, so... um, Anyway, you know... Oh, but my, my great-grandfather did have a banjo. And he would play it. And it would be like, oh, rah, God. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> scary. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and my aunt sis was a complete cat lady. She had like 30 cats. Dang. Yeah. And we went, I was watching TV and, uh, I watched monster vision. I think I remember falling asleep during the first, uh, the second, at the end of the second film, I fell asleep through a lot of part three and I woke up. They didn't show part four. And I remember Joe Bob being all pissed about that when, years later when I watched the clips, um, he's like, there's crucial plot pieces in part four. He's like, what do you mean we don't have the rights to part four? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
in part, so I woke up in part five and I remember specifically cause that was the first time I ever seen part five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I fell asleep at the end of part five. I think they might've showed part six and that was it. But, um, I rewatched the first part. I came in contact with a dude on Facebook who said he was going to send me the complete marathon, which is cool. Cause I'll be able to rip it and revisit it. Um, and after that, I watched... Oh, by the way, Friday 13th Part 1, uh, it's definitely... I've definitely grown to love it ever since we first seen it in the theater. Yeah, like I said, it's now it's probably my favorite one, honestly. I just don't like that, though. That makes me cringe. Well, it's my favorite Can one. Can you pick a new favorite? I think we're no! going to pick you a new favorite. No, dude, I love it. We picked you a new favorite horror film. No, we didn't. What it did we pick? It was The Shining. Okay, what did we change it to, then? Because I don't recall this happening. PCM? No, dude, that's yours. Yeah, it's yours too. That's boring. Don't you want me to be different from you? Okay, fine. The Exorcist. I don't like... No! I, I do like that, but not not my favorite. Okay, fine. Amityville 2. The Shining is my favorite! Jaws. Favorite means favorite. Yeah, we could pick a new favorite. No. <laughs> um... Uh, then I watched Friday the 13th, the final chapter with Joe, Bob and Darcy. They streamed it on YouTube and they did a commentary. Uh, it was pretty fun. Um, I want to say that Darcy like said something about Feldman that she wasn't allowed this, or she must've told Joe, Bob in the past about something, a run in she had with Feldman that she signed an NDA for. And I think he revealed it on that show, but I couldn't hear what he said. Something about like sex parties or something. But yeah, so that's funny. Go back and check that out. Get Darcy in trouble. Um, after that, we have March 15th. I wa- Why did I say what date I watched it? I don't know. <laughs> um, I watched Peeping Tom. Uh, oh, by the way, Friday 4 is my favorite Friday the 13th. Peeping Tom. Again, none of these are films that I've not watched a single thing out of my collection during this run. I'm so mad. Um Peeping Tom uh, is a 1960 proto-slasher. Some people say it's the very first slasher. I disagree. I do not think it is the very first slasher. I don't think it has enough elements to be considered a full-on slasher. Uh, For one, I think that most times slashers, we do not spend the entire film with the killer. Um, There's only very few exceptions, and it's Maniac which I think is also more of a psychological slasher and not a traditional slasher. Um, So you could say that this is more of a psychological slasher, but um, I think really why it gets its um, slasher uh, sort of vibe is because of the two POV kills with the uh, tripod. Um, But in or the one with the tripod and then the other one with the camera and the bag thing, and the opening scene definitely has like a slasher esque. Um, it's definitely a slasher sequence, um, but I think the stock and slash isn't that heavy in this film. Um, I think that it's definitely proto has elements that um, made other slasher films exist afterwards that they took influence of. But for me, to this day, the still number one slasher film, um, the first slasher film for me is Halloween. Um, there is an argument that could be made for Black Christmas um, that I'm open to, um, but I think Halloween is 100% the the, the complete uh, co- accumulation of all 
slasher elements coming together and forming, you know, like Voltron. It's it's a fully formed slasher. Uh, the other ones have elements. That's why I call them pro- prototype slashers. Um, but yeah, so Peeping Tom, pretty good movie. Um, reminds me a lot of Psycho. Came out the same year. Uh, and I think that the one thing that was cool about watching this, this is 1960. So, you know, probably shot in 59. I think this is truly like a turning point for horror. Like I think modern horror starts here with a peeping Tom and psycho. Yeah. I would say you're probably right. Yeah. It just, it just feels like it's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, gave it an eight out of 10. Really enjoyed it. Uh, then I watched, um, Tom Savini as the Ripper uh, from 1985. Um, again, I don't own this one. I borrowed it off of you um, on bootleg. But yeah, it follows a college professor who is teaching um, film, like a film history class on film imitating real life, um, specifically um, the murders of Jack the Ripper. Uh, when he comes in contact conveniently, just so happens to be teaching this class for the very first time and it just so happens that jack the ripper's ring is in his town um <laughs> you ever, if, if you actually think about some of these films like they just you're like yeah that makes no freaking sense yeah um but uh so he buys this ring because he's obsessed with, obsessed with it. it turns into jack the ripper and you know stalks his students and stuff um, and then Tom Savini comes in for a moment. Um, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not really. Pretty fun though. Yeah, fun. I, I I actually liked it. It's yeah. It was one of those fun ones from '85 that I was kind of looking for. Cause, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. I would like to own this one day. That would be a cool Vincent title. I would agree. Yeah. All right. After that, quickly, I watched Leprechaun at your house. Um, I didn't count that as a watch. I didn't watch any of that. I actually did. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, your mom seems like she wants to see it. Um, what makes you say that? Because she says, I've never seen this. Now I'm curious. Dude, I'm blocking her. <laughs> Why? Because, dude. Just because. I'm blocking you. I just, I don't know. I'm blocking every- I'm cringed. I love Warwick Davis. I love Leprechaun. It's good stuff. Uh, then I went home after your party and I watched Leprechaun 2. Fell asleep, woke up, finished it. Um, 2 is a lot of fun, man. I like 2 more than 1 um, nowadays. Leprechaun 2 with Morty is just... It, uh, it's just like comfort food, man. I, I like Leprechaun 2 a lot. Do you feel... Do you feel I've noticed more and more people seeing the first one is slow. Do you feel that way with the first one or do you not see that like other people? Honestly, I don't see it as slow. I just feel like I've seen it so many times and they're the, the first three are all so similar mm-hmm. that like, I would just rather watch the other ones because they're more fun. Um, and they're actually less goofy, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, the first one's actually a lot more goofy than I than it was when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's that slow. I just think that I don't know. I just I, I've, I've just seen it too many times or something. It's not the one I gravitate to these days. It used to be though. I used to think it was the best one. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then after that, I watched Hala, 
which is a urban slasher. A TV host goes and hangs out with her friends in a cabin in the woods. Uh, and there is a slasher killer there. Um, stupid reveal. Um, just honestly not that entertaining. I can't think of any memorable kills. Um, it's very average in terms of slashers. It's just basic. Uh, you know, wasn't the worst thing though. Uh, and then I watched Wait Until Dark, with the, which was another Patreon pick. Um, this is by far the best movie that I've watched during this run of movies. Um, it is from 1967. Have you ever seen it? I have not. Dude, it is so good. Like, uh, stars Audrey uh, this is, is she blind in this yes. movie? I, I think this was, one, this was on 100 Scariest Movie Moments. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... It is about a woman who accidentally comes in contact with a doll stuffed with heroin. And these bad guys are basically trying to get it back from her. And it's like, actually, it's like more of a mystery thriller, like heavy on the mystery. Reminds me of a Hitchcock type film uh, where it's like this super elaborate plan of like them coming in and out of her house is like a detective and like they're they're basically acting the whole time. Uh, like this one dude's acting like he's a, uh, war veteran, um, buddy of her husband who's out of town. And, uh, then like his partner will come in and play a detective, but they're just in regular clothes because she's blind. And he's like, you know, and so you, the audience is seeing like what's actually happening the whole time. And she's, you know, not so like all these people are coming in playing different characters and stuff. And it's like really like elaborate and probably ridiculous but at the same time you can't help but be like on the edge of your seat like waiting to see what happens and then by the third act of the film it just gets like like dude they play this blind thing like so good and like when it gets dark like it's just done really well it's like super intense at the end um i loved it i absolutely loved it it's it's one of the best films i've seen this year um i gave it a uh, nine out of ten um, probably could be even higher. Dang. Yeah, I'd like to check that one out one of these days. That's one I kind of forgot about. I just it's, looked it up on Google, and when you said I, it like clicked, that was one of those ones on that amazing, show. Amazing performances in that one, too. Mm. Um, it, it's funny, because you watch all these you know, 80s films and like 2006 Hollas and stuff like that, and then you get to one of these like classic pieces of cinema and then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that there was like levels to acting, you know, like th- there's <laughs> just, it's like watching Shawshank after watching like a 2006 movie about a killer clown in the woods. And you're just like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. There's like, there's acting and then there's like acting, you know what I mean? Cause like mm-hmm. the quality was just like so high in this film and it, it I always need films like this to hit come because it reminds me why i love doing this so much when you get like so into a film because i i'll be honest like i have been like in that mode where i'm like not giving full attention to a lot of the movies i watch lately you know what me I mean? too where I'm yeah just, me like, too preoccupied and like you know pause it every couple minutes and stuff like that and then like this kind of reinvigorated me a little bit you know gave me that shot in the arm i needed actually two films did this week um, but yeah, so pretty, pretty cool. 
Um, and then the last movie I watched uh, earlier today was The Strangeness from 1985. A bunch of people go down into a cave. There's a monster down there, um, and they have to get out. This movie is really dark, um, hard to watch uh, in terms of, like, actually see. Um, but it was all right. Um, but, yeah, that's it. That, that was, was it. And, a and lot none of, movie. of those movies I owned. Really? Well, I mean, like, I, fr- I own Friday and stuff, but I didn't watch it. I already watched it. Oh, yeah, true. Election. Like, none of those films were, like, sealed or unwatched titles. So I completely failed this week in watching um, anything. Maybe Godzilla, if you count that. Well. Um, but, yeah, that sucks, man. Because I was on a roll for a little bit. but And I bought, like, six titles, so... Yeah, I mean, you got to crank out them 85 Johns. You got to crank out them Patreon Johns. It I all kind of catches up to you. I have a few more 85s that I haven't watched in my collection. So uh, maybe I'll mm-hmm. do those. Yeah. All right. So, so that's it. Yeah. Without further ado, shall we get into our featured review? Yes. Our featured review of VFW. This was one of the more anticipated films uh, of 2020 when uh, we're heading into this year. It is directed and written by Joe Bigos, who, of course, we know did uh, the film last year that made my top 10 uh, towards the actually at the number 10 spot, uh, as well as a couple of other pieces, peoples. And that was Bliss. Yes. And uh, if you aren't familiar with that, he also did The Mind's Eye in 2015, Almost Human in 2013. So he is four films deep in his filmography. And yeah, so Joe Bigos, um, I really liked Bliss last year, so I was excited for this. And when I read the th- the, th- the plot, I was actually even more excited. Um, so the plot to this one, Uh, I'll actually read it this time. A group of war veterans must defend their local VFW post and an innocent teen against a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of mutant punks. Yeah. And it stars Stephen Lang. Yes. You know Stephen Lang. I... I know his name is familiar. I feel like I don't. He huh. was in Don't Breathe. That's. Oh, wow, dude. I never would have even. That's so obvious now. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what you would know him from. I didn't even think he looked familiar, honestly. Like, I, I, the name seemed familiar, but I didn't think he looked like anyone. Now I can totally see it. So that's cool. Yeah, he's also in A Good Marriage, which was that Stephen King adaptation, which I've never seen. Mm um i mean he's been in a ton of stuff i'm trying to think of what else you would know him from um Mm. manhunter he was in manhunter i saw that once i don't really he's not like a big horror actor or anything Mm. um william sadler you know him yeah i think i actually have come to find i really like him dude i love william sadler he's in a ton of stuff yeah, he's in more. He's one of those people that I always thought this is one of those like Shawshank actors who never did anything else, and then I started realizing he's actually in a lot of other stuff. Oh yeah, he's in over a ton the years. Of stuff. I, I love a lot of the films that I've seen him in. Um, one of my favorite films that he's in is Trespass with Ice uh, T and Ice Cube. Um, 
that is and um bill paxton uh mm-hmm. him and bill paxton well, we need to watch it one day because it is one of my favorite movies but him and bill paxton go to like the ghetto and uh basically have a treasure map of this stolen gold from a church um and they end up seeing a murder between uh like gang members and they get stuck inside the building and all the gang members are like it's a siege film um and it's really good it has iced tea and ice cube in it um but he also he also was in um uh the very first or, or the second episode of tales from the crypt i believe it was the first episode I think the first episode is the Christmas episode, though. I thought that was the second. I could have sworn. I've only ever seen that first season I think, with you. I can't remember. I think they aired differently than they're on the DVD set or something. Oh, okay. But um, yeah. But he's in the Green Mile as well. Um, disturbing Behavior. Um, he's in... Wait. Is he's this just... a different Omen? The Omen TV movie? Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I think that... I was just going to say, I swear he was just in something. Wait, hold on. Is that like another... Uh, it's 45 minutes. Is that like another Omen film? Like, do we hold not count that? Hold on a second. I've never... I don't know what you're talking about. Let me see. I'm on his page now. Oh, sorry. Um, tell us from the crypt, Demon Knight. He's in that. Oh, he was... Uh, that's what he... He was in The Grudge. That's what I just saw that he was in. Really? As Detective Wilson. So, that was a pretty horrible film. But... Oh yeah, he was in that. I remember. Yeah, we we liked that. We liked that he was in it, but like it didn't like yeah, it was good. about it. <laughs> yeah, but I I've always wished that I saw he was in Roseanne, an episode of Roseanne. I always wished that I saw him in more stuff because I always thought William Sadler was really awesome, and he's great in this movie too. Um, and then the other big uh, known actor that I know of is Fred Williamson, The Hammer. Sorry, I was like looking up that Omen thing. That looks like it's not related to the Omen. It looks like it might just be another movie oh, called yeah. The Omen. But um, I think Wait, so. Where is it from? 1995, and like mm-hmm. the plot doesn't sound anything like The Omen, so I'm thinking it's not related. But I don't know. Who cares? At least she didn't do The Omen show yet. Maybe you can look into that. But uh, so yeah, Fred William San. Yeah, you know him. I think I do. I think I do. Well, he is a uh, former defensive back football player um, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Oakland Raiders, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. Um, and he also uh, is an actor, and he was in a lot of um, black exploitation films as well as uh, films like I don't know if you want to look at his filmography or not. I read, am. read some of those titles. One of them has the N word, so I'm not going to read that. Um, oh, oh, just one of them. <laughs> okay. Well, I see from dusk till dawn. That one's familiar. Let's see. He was in classics such as Snoop Doggy Dog, Doggy Dog World. No, he was uh, in uh, the Hammer from '72, which I own mm-hmm. um, on Blu-ray. Uh, he was in From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. Um, he was in Inglorious Bastards from back in the day. Uh, he was in Fantasy Island, the TV series. He was in <laughs> uh, the Bronx, uh, the Bronx Warriors trilogy. Um, he was in a bunch of exploitation films. Uh, he's also in Children of the Corn Five: Fields of Terror. He plays the bartender, I think. 
Um, he was in Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Really? I used to love that show. Yeah, Daydreaming that. in Gym, Coach Sex. I don't remember that show that much, I guess. Um, because... But yeah, so he was in a bunch of stuff. Um, George Went is in this film. It has a very great cast, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's the dude from uh, House, right? And Tears. Yeah, House. That's, that's I was, where I know him from. I kept seeing him, and I was like, I think that's a guy from House, but he's so old and like not as big anymore. And I was like, I don't know if that's him or not. And then at the end, I was like, yeah, that's definitely him. Yeah. But yeah, pretty solid stacked cast, I will say. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. I, I really liked it. He was also in Bliss, George Went was. A uh, girl from Bliss is also in this. Yeah, she plays Gutter. Yeah, which I didn't notice. Like, I couldn't yeah, tell at first. Yeah. I thought she looked familiar, and then I was like, oh, of course Laura she does. Mad- Madison, who yeah. I, I have, like, a little bit of a crush on. Not gonna lie. I actually think she looks better in this movie with that weird hair than that, like, frizzy hair in Bliss. Somehow. See, I don't know. I, I have the, the a crush on her with the the more like the more curly messy like hair it's weird i don't know i i normally don't go for uh you know the curly haired girls but i don't know she just has a thing about her she has i like her yeah um so yeah this movie uh i'm gonna be honest dude like i like this movie quite a bit yeah um I could say I uh, pretty much the same. Um, like I said, I wa- started watching it last night and then finished it today. I, w- I hate when I do that because it like makes it so broken up in my head. But uh, last night I was super into it and then I just started passing out. So I thought, you know what, I'm not going to ruin this because when I start kind of drifting in and out of sleep, I'm not paying attention anymore. And, you know, it starts becoming part of my dream or something. So kind of gave up on it. But yeah, dude, I kind of... Um, this is like, uh, I even mentioned this to Austin. I was like, this is the most John Carpenter feeling movie not directed by John Carpenter I've ever seen in my life. Do you feel that way? Uh, yes. And what's interesting about that is, uh, and I will tell you in one moment, um, I, I, I like, okay. So what, before I even say anything, what did you feel was John Carpenter about it? Uh, for the big one is the score literally sounds like he wrote this like he did the score himself i mean just that whole intro you just have nothing but score and playing throughout the whole thing in the background just very um not even eerie just kind of like that's adventurous it reminds me of christine or even even though i don't think he even did halloween 3 but that, that just that type of music like you get in Christine when the car is like chasing someone or something. That's like the main movie. It kind of reminds me of, but not only that, just, I mean, the plot of the movie feels similar to assault on precinct 13, which I've only seen that once. And it was last year for the first time. So I was going to ask you if you've ever seen that movie. And I do Mm -hmm. think that if we had more time, we picked this film last minute. If we had more time, I would have suggested watching that as sort of like the classic to compare it to how we do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, I agree, dude. Like the assault on precinct 13 definitely has that sort of vibe to it. Um, as well as, um, one thing that like felt felt very carpenter to me is the opening, the way that the, the credits would come up mm-hmm. and then it would cut back to these like wide shots of like 
the characters like getting in the car and stuff like that and driving and then it would like the music was playing and it would cut to the credits again like that just feels very carpenter staple to me yeah um, just like the way not even just that just how the whole movie shot there's certain scenes where you get a group of characters kind of like standing in a line like army style or something like that that reminds me of like a saw in precinct 13 or even prince of darkness in a way it's yeah. just uh very interesting getting, i was getting prince of darkness vibes actually mm-hmm. just the way that it was shot and like the the setting um it feels like it could be in like california mm-hmm. um and even they live yeah for sure those are like i saw in precinct 13 prince of darkness and they live all kind of feel similar to me in yeah. certain aspects yeah i think it's their setting mm-hmm. um but, but so um brian salmon's posted uh the his little review on it on facebook um and he said um basically you know it saw in precinct 13 style you know phil's carpenter blah blah um he said uh like many bigos films this is a love letter to 70s and 80s horror and action movies and it wears its john carpenter influence on its sleeve um and then david have you seen this post I don't think so. So David S. Smith said, I was at a screening with uh, Bigos present. Cool guy. Gave us all whiskey. Interestingly, he said he hated it being compared to Carpenter because Carpenter borrowed the style of storytelling from Hawks, Rio Bravo, and doesn't get accused of aping that style. Though given the soundtrack, which is one aspect of the film I didn't like, I can see where it goes in the Carpenter comparisons. And then Brian said, wow, I like the, the whiny little bitch less now. Look, if everyone s- says this movie looks like a Carpenter film, then you have to own that. Also, Carpenter has always been upfront in his love of Hawks, citing him as a du- favorite director of all time. So I don't think that he would be in denial like this guy. Lastly, I was, wasn't just talking about the soundtrack. The movie, in addition to blatantly ripped off soundtrack, looks like a carpenter flick especially the use of lighting and color something hawks didn't do um and dude i 100 percent agree i even commented on the thing and i was like i was like i said i actually can't stand when directors get mad at fans for saying a film is like or influenced by other films like dude it's now your choice uh, oh sorry uh, see this is why suck at writing <laughs> i knew you were gonna like stumble when you said you were gonna read off yours i knew it was gonna be a typo somewhere like dude it's not your choice how we view your film like that's what i was trying to say but i said like dude it's now your choice how we view your film. <laughs> yeah. um but no seriously like i it's not like you can put your art out there with your intentions it is not up to you how we consume it and how we digest it and how we uh inevitably decide the fate of it we decide the fate of your movie not you i'm sorry it's just the way that it is Mm. um just like if we put out a podcast we can't tell people how to take it they have to do that for themselves i'm just like i'm actually shocked by this information because uh, you know I don't know. It's it, To me, it feels like this guy, I thought for sure, this guy must be a diehard Carpenter fan, and he was purposely trying yeah, to emulate him. Yeah, that's what I thought. It and, made me lose respect. Yeah, I was like, holy crap, you're actually, like, you 
I feel like he, he stole. I, I want to accuse him of like stealing Carpenter's style now because yeah, where at first before, it was just like oh influence. Yeah, now influence, it's like we we're all happy and praising it because we love that stuff, and it, it's still its own film, dude. You can relax, mm-hmm. Bigos. It's yeah, we're happy. I was like, it's very high on Bigos. Like he was like the next thing for me, mm-hmm. and now I'm just like okay, dude. Like I don't like that you said that. Yeah, like it's a positive thing that we're comparing it to Carpenter because obviously Carpenter's he's a... an all-time great. He's arguably the best horror director out there ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's even, crazy. I wasn't even if you that. give a lot of people the same exact budget and be like, make a film that looks like Carpenter's, like they're not going to be able to do it. Like you should pat yourself on the back for being able to make a film that feels like a John Carpenter film, you know, without John Carpenter's involvement. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Um, But back to the film, which I still really do like. It doesn't hurt my love for the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have these war veterans who, you know, pick each other up, go to the VFW. They're kind of hanging out in there, conversating, in walks in a new, um, uh, a younger military man um, who is in the army or the Marines or something. I think he's in the army, actually. Mm. Um, and he comes in and starts chit-chatting with these guys. They're giving him a hard time at first, but instantly accept him. And I love the camaraderie and the brotherhood of, uh, you know, veterans. They, they make that come off very well. I, I've always loved that aspect about um, veterans and people who have served in um, any different types of, um, you know, services um, for the United States. And I... I, I I truly have always, um, you know, respected those people and I, I love that they have respect for each other. And, um, so, you know, uh, the, the whole joke with the, um, toothpick, um, that you missed, um, was that they were talking about the, this, you know, miss something of. Uh, 1959 or something, you know, whatever the, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and, I remember that. And the William Sadler character says, well, guys, plot twist. This g- woman had a daughter and she is now following in her mother's footsteps and is, you know, dancing at this place or something. And we're going to see her and he pulls out a picture of her and Fred Williamson looks at it and he's like, she ain't got no pussy hair. I like pussy hair. <laughs> Where's her pussy hair? And then like they there's this big joke with the pussy hair thing for a long time and then he says like I even carried toothpicks. Uh dude, I like heard that whole I was like that was one of the things I was going to bring up was the pussy hair thing cuz it was first of all it's gross way of saying that and then I I didn't I I completely missed the toothpick part though. Yeah. So he has to in other words get the pussy hair out of his teeth. Yeah, as you do. Yes. What? No. That was my joke in the opening. No, no. Let's go back. <laughs> Show's over. Let's we're restarting. No, uh, but um, yeah that the that's one of the, I really enjoy the the dialogue in this movie is like my number one positive for it because it just seems like they're all such good friends and I wanted more of it. I wanted them to mm-hmm. keep talking. I was like, I can, I can sit here and listen to them, conversate, for 
like an hour before I get bored. You know what I mean? Like I want to see these characters interact. They, it feels like they really did know each other for a very long time and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. So I would have liked to, uh, you know, keep that going. Um, it definitely one of the best films of the year for me. Uh, go ahead. Continue. Sorry. I stole your review again. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, yeah, not even just the beginning, though, where they're all kind of like, you know, nothing's really happened yet. But even as stuff starts to go down, certain things they say to each other um, is just, uh, I like it. And it makes you emotional for them and you feel for them and you don't want any of them to die or anything. There were a few parts that were actually pretty sad because you get, like you said, it feels like these are real veterans who actually knew each other in real life and we're best friends for years and years and years. And then everything starts to fall apart. And it's just, uh, I, I just think all the dialogue is super well done throughout the whole movie. And it's just, uh, the, when stuff starts to go down, I mean, the movie kind of flies by, honestly, it's one of those ones where it's like, Holy crap, it's almost over. And it feels like it just began. And just the violence in the film and some of the gore and stuff is actually really well done as well. So, yeah, I, I dug this. I went into this not knowing. I didn't look into this movie at all either, so I didn't know what the story was. I just kind of went into it, and I really liked it. Hmm. Same. Yeah. Um. I I think that it I think that it was like really good, man. I thought that uh, the dialogue was great. I, honestly, the lighting. Mm-hmm. I, I the, honestly the copy that I watched it on because I am waiting for the 4k um, was less than stellar. Um, it was, it was like 720p essentially. So whenever I get this on 4k or 1080p, I know it's going to pop. Um, but it's it, it, the copy that I saw wasn't very good, but I do have the uh, pre-order of the 4k. Um, so yeah, it's but, very similar to bliss with the color scheme. But it's a completely different story and a completely different feel to the movie. So I respect that because it's not it's like a completely different thing from Bliss. It's not to be compared to that film at all if you didn't like that movie for whatever reason. So that's a cool thing about it. I like when directors can do a bunch of different films and different plots. And yeah, the only thing I like the, the mutant drug addicts that on the hype, Mm -hmm. um, it all starts because a girl's sister is murdered or like, I I didn't really love how that whole thing went. Um, the beginning of it where the dude like throws the drugs over the thing and he's like, go get it or whatever. And then she just like commits suicide for some reason. Mm -hmm. I didn't really like that. Yeah. Cause it's like unreal. I didn't either. Like I didn't like where the movie was going at first. Cause I thought the whole thing was going to be another drug movie and i do like drug movies but to me it seemed a little crazy and it's i guess it's supposed to be like she's this drug is so addictive that she's gonna jump down there to get it but obviously she's gonna die so yeah I it's really like, stupid i would have liked it more like had the guy was like here do you want some of this like stand up on this ledge in high hills or something you know what i mean yeah something and then like she like fell because mm-hmm. he like he was like using it for his own entertainment or something i think that would have been more effective than it, just, it makes you lose sympathy for the character like if she's trying if she's so addicted to this drug that she'll do anything to get it like walk on this ledge that she could fall to her death and then she does that makes you more sympathetic for her than to just be like okay this chick's dumb she just 
I don't think she like did she think that she could get the drug by why didn't she just walk down the steps you she know didn't even I mean? she jumped in a way that would kill her like instant like she didn't even like try to like break her fall she just like went head first into the ground yeah, so it's like that was stupid. the only thing that I didn't like pretty much I just thought that that it was like eye-rollingly bad writing in my opinion mm-hmm. um but other than that I I pretty much liked everything um it like dude it gets mad gory i like the pov shots with um steven lang and the shotgun steven lang's a very likable character mm-hmm. um the cat the, william sadler's great fred williamson's great. it's just great and he, honestly i really like the young buck the young kid that came in yeah i agree i think the whole cast is very likable you want you them need all that to live. Mm-hmm. and you need that for these types of films where it's going to be in the contained little setting because yeah. they're just a bunch of morons. Like, I just love, I love how badass the old guys are. And, you know, you get that one part when the one guy is kind of injured and he's sitting there and he asked a young girl, he's like, are we winning? And she's like, yeah, they're like kicking everyone's ass. And it's like, I love that stuff. It's really cool. It, it's fun to watch. I'm not huge on, you know, I guess you could classify this as action horror, but sometimes mm-hmm. I, when it's gory and well done, I can get behind it. So this one nails it for me. Yeah, not a ton of um, variation in reviews on on Letterbox, but let's hop into the Letterbox reviews real quick. Uh, the positive review that I went with is from Todd Gaines, uh, and he says, "Old guys kicking ass. VFW is so much fun. It's loaded with gore and practical effects. It has a synth score to die for, and it pays homage to Assault on Precinct 13. See, everybody says that. <laughs> it is like Joe Bigos direct- directed." Uh, VFW just for me. Stephen Lang is such a badass. He's killing fools with every weapon you could think of. William Sadler steals the movie. He's the heart and soul, and his performance is one I will not forget. Man, VFW is straight up action horror. Survive the night fire. If you like movies with likable characters and a high kill count, VFW is definitely for you. Very well said, Todd Gaines. I agree with your review, homie. Um, yeah. kind of summed up the whole film in a couple sentences i i agree with everything you said uh and to the negative review um which isn't even that negative it's a uh oh todd Gaines there gave it a four stars said check it out good job todd Gaines. yeah uh now scott tobias on the other hand who has a um picture of the girl from audition as his icon uh his avatar picture uh, VFW, two and a half stars. Retrograde thriller slash gore fest. Notable m- mainly for a parade of grizzled character actors. Stephen Lang, Martin Cove, David Patrick, Kelly, Fred Williamson, William Sadler, George Went, ETC. Playing hard drinking war veterans who get to take on a band of young punk made ravenous by a designer opioid. I walked out of Bigos' Almost Human when it premiered at TIFF. So <laughs> it's progress that he's getting better at ripping off John Carpenter. But Assault on Precinct <laughs> 13, this ain't. <laughs> so to me, it sounds like his his biggest complaint in his review is that it's not Assault on Precinct 13. That he hasn't ripped off John Carpenter good enough yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh... Whatever. So Scott um, Tobias, boo on you. Yeah, one star for you. But well, yeah, I give Scott Tobias's review of VFW one star. Yeah. Um. So Joe B, like he doesn't. 
he's not even he doesn't even want this to look like it's paying homage to Assault on Precinct 13. I get what he's saying in the sense of like I want my movie to stand on its own. I don't want to just be hey this is Assault on Precinct 13 the remake, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I get that, but I just think he went about it the wrong way. Um, yeah, I just it's just like to me it's like you can't you can't even pretend that this isn't paying some respect cuz it really is like a more intense remake in a way, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I get yeah, I I know what you mean. He just kind of came off as debaggish about it, but Still a good move maker. Still a good move maker. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, that is our episode on VFW, which did come out a little while ago, but, um, you know, we didn't really know what to do this week, so we decided to go with that. Um, next week, we might do the hunt. Um, I don't know. We'll see what we have in store. But I hope you guys enjoyed. Stay safe out there. And mm-hmm. uh, you have anything else to say? Nope, I do not. Yeah, just stay safe. And if all else fails, watch the move. <laughs>